Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to the Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in a series that we're doing called the Ministry of Encouragement. And uh, we're talking about, we just started last week with an introduction. We're going to dig into it a little deeper. Uh, Before I move into it, um, Wednesday I turned 50 and uh, we had a great birthday party here and I thank everybody for um, that was able to come and be a part of that and and uh, so now it's now I've been 50 for a few days. It's no big deal. Um, but I got some interesting birthday cards. I got a lot of interesting birthday cards, and I thought I'd share a few of them. I had to some I had to edit out, uh, but they were really funny, but but didn't make the cut. And uh, there was a few that could have come in, but for the sake of time, I just had to pick uh, three. So I got three that I thought I would share with you today, and uh, they should show up overhead. So get ready upstairs because we can't do it all here. Uh, this one I really liked. Uh, and so if it comes up, that's not it. There it is. It says, uh, I'm sure, officer, the one with the birthday hat, that's definitely him. It's a, it's a pinata, uh, and there's a police lineup. Okay, I thought it was really funny. <laughs> the pinata is picking out the guy that beat him with a stick. You get it? Uh, okay. So here's another one. It's got some cows on the front. You can, you can go to the next slide. It says this. Did you know that as you get older, your hearing and eyesight begin to fail? And then when you open it up inside, and the inside should be up there too, guys. Go ahead to the next slide. In little tiny letters that you, I can't even read without glasses, it says, So what do you think of your musical birthday card? That's funny. Okay, and then this one, again, this is my sense of humor. Somebody, somebody figured out my sense of humor. Uh, the front of this card says, you got it upstairs? The silent monks of the Carthusian monastery would like to wish you a happy birthday. And then when you open up the card, you can open it upstairs. There's nothing in it. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. That's all there is to it. All right. So, uh, it was very encouraging. Thank you once again for all of you that came and were able to celebrate my birthday with me. It was very nice and I enjoyed it. Last week we started this series on uh, encouragement and I gave you some homework. Remember? That you needed to memorize Hebrews 10.19 for this week. And, and I hope you, you did it and that you spent some time doing it. And uh, Hebrews 10:19. Let's see how many of you can do it. it. Says Hebrews 10:19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, Hebrews 10:19. Come on, try it with me. Hebrews 10:19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. All right. So if you didn't work on that last week, it's okay. Start on it this week, but I want you to learn it. We're going to learn 19 through 25, and every week we'll add another one. So this week, you need to memorize Hebrews 10:20, which says, By a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body. So when you come next week, but when you learn this one now, you've got to learn it with the other one. You just don't learn this one, because you know what will happen? You'll forget the other one. So you've got to learn them two together. Hebrews 10, 19, which you should already know. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. Then you add this to it. By a new and living way, 
opened for us through the curtain that is his body. So work on that this week. It's a good exercise for your brain, if nothing else. And there's memorizing scripture is a very powerful, powerful tool. And, and, and I, I want to encourage you to take it in. And I know you're busy, but make it a part of your life. Write these things down however you want to learn it. Write them on an index card. Do something so that you can memorize them. So by next Sunday, next, or next weekend, we're going to do Hebrews 10, 19, and 20 together. All right? So I encourage you to take that in and to, to take a hold of that. Well, what I want to do in our short time together today is I want to expand on the idea of what the ministry of encouragement could do and can do. Um, we sort of introduced it last week, and we, we talked about the, uh, the need for it uh, and, and why we need to embrace the ministry of encouragement. But I want to talk a little bit more about what its potential impact is uh, today and, and what our first sort of response needs to be towards it. And the verse that I want to use as we start today is 2 Timothy 1.7. And it says this, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Other, other translations would call that a sound mind of self-discipline. So God did not give us a spirit of fear, timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind or self-discipline. And so whenever we begin to get in those places where we're fearful, and I said that we live in a grumpy world that wants to make us fearful all the time, um, we're, we're moving out of the, the sort of will for God in our lives because he didn't give us the spirit of fear. It's not coming from him. He gives us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind, a self-discipline. And those qualities allow us then to engage in the world but the spirit of fear would keep us from ever moving into it. And, and I believe that the spirit of fear, the spirit of timidity, uh, is tied into discouragement. It's the opposite of what we're talking about. Because discouragement causes us to be unable to face life's challenges effectively. And discouragement then causes us to be dysfunctional and fearful. And that... that Part of the reason that, that the culture is so messed up is it's fallen into this fearfulness and it's um, extremely discouraged that anything's ever going to go well. And, and it's become very dysfunctional. Because apart from discouragement, we become, apart from being encouraged, I should say, we, we get very self-focused and we can't see the bigger picture because it becomes all about us. And, and that is the working of discouragement, which I believe is, is huge in, in our world today. That it's, it's perhaps the, the biggest trick up the enemy's sleeve. is to discourage us to the point where we withdraw and isolate and become dysfunctional. Because we're afraid of everything that might happen. Encouragement, however, helps us to know and remember that it's God who provides spiritual power that equips us to handle any difficulty that comes our way. See, when, when, when we understand that in Him, uh, He will help us through every situation, we don't need to be fearful. Now, it, it might be tricky and tenuous, and I'm not saying it's always going to go the way we want, but we need to know that we have a God who is powerful, who is active, who's engaged, and, and who is with us and for us. And we have to hold all that intention as we look at what's happening in the world around us. And, and we have to hold that perspective 
in, in our lives. And not only do we have to hold that, we have to then spread that to encourage others around us. Verses like this should be at the heart of the way that we face life. Uh, Luke one thirty seven. For nothing is impossible with God. We talked about that uh, Wednesday night as we started our study in Luke 1. Uh, nothing is impossible with God. Philippians 4.13, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Now, those verses aren't a pass on dealing with difficult things. That's not what they are at all. What they, what they are is a reminder to us that, that God gives us spiritual power to handle the difficulties of life. And so we don't have to be afraid of them. We, 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 we just have to look at them and see what God wants us to do with them. But, but we can't do that unless we're encouraged. Because if we're discouraged, we'll just we'll forget all that. Discouragement causes us to forget all those sort of things. And nothing looks possible. And, and it doesn't feel like we can accomplish anything because of the discouragement that's on us. Discouragement makes us feel like we need to withdraw and isolate. Um, people say this all the time, I just can't take it anymore. But encouragement leads us to move forward and to stay involved and engaged. Um, I I hear people say this sometimes too, uh, I just didn't want to get involved. You ever heard, that's another, that's a very cultural problem that we have. And it's witnessed all the time. Um, You'll see a, a situation that they've captured because now everything's on video. Where something bad has happened to someone and like a hundred people walk by and refuse to do anything. Um, and, and on talking to them, it's, well, I just didn't want to get involved. I just didn't want to get involved. A little, little shaky out there. Don't, you know, don't want to step out of my little thing. Can't get involved. The problem is that Christianity is all about involvement. Our, Our walk with God is one of involvement. And God demonstrated this involvement with a little thing called the incarnation. Talk about getting involved. He came and and burst into history and and lived among us and and walked among us and, and then went to the cross for us, gave his life there in exchange for ours, that we might have life. He, he, he examples involvement to a degree that most of us could never even begin to fathom. And, and it's in that understanding, as the recipients of his involvement in us, in our lives, we're to be as involved as well. We're, we're to look for ways to be involved in a, in a world that's desperate for hope, desperate for truth. And we can radically change the world, I believe, by being encouragers. I, I believe that. With all that, that, that is in me, I believe we can change radically the world around us. You know, I, hear me when I say one person at a time, I still mean that. Although I, I want you to encourage two people a day. But, but the change is still one, that's, that's how it'll happen. The, you know, if you try and think of the whole thing, it's too overwhelming. But one person at a time, Absolutely. We can move into the process. And I believe it's through encouragement that we can have a significant impact because the, the world is primed for it. More, more than anything else, they, they, they need something. Because there's, the, the discouragement is thick. It's everywhere. And people are looking for ways. 
because they're discouraged to withdraw and to isolate and to, and to, to, to you know, because they're fearful. Because the, the world's become a very, very scary place. And, and, and then it's whipped up and built up by all that stuff that we allow into our, from the, from the nonstop news, bad news, just constant. And yet there's no life in that. There's, we'll never find life there. And, and when we, you know, the, the paradox of the kingdom, you know, if you want to find life, you've got to give it up you, you, because that's how you find it. You know, it, it, it's, it's almost completely opposite of what our reactions are that we need to embrace so that we can move on. And so because he was involved and demonstrated it for us in, in the incarnation, in coming and taking on flesh and going to the cross, we need to be involved as well. We, we just can't sit on the sidelines and, and say, well, you know, I just don't want to get involved because it's such a mess while, while the world is being led astray by the evil one. It's just not an option for us. I mean, I guess it's an option because we can certainly choose to do that. But we'll never find life there. We'll, we'll never really know God that way. Not the way he wants us to. We, we, we know about him in the midst of engaging in life that he has for us. Not in pulling out of the culture around us. But to be in it, to be salt, to be light, to make a difference. And, and in just being there, in, in just moving into it, we can impact the world. So, what will an encourager have to do? Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep talking about this and we're going to start talking about the tools in the weeks ahead. But just so you know what's coming up, because I, I, I told you I want you to be involved. I think everybody needs to be involved. No, no reason not to be involved. What, what is it going to look like? What will it, what will it look like? To be an encourager. And, and just as we get started here, in Romans 12, Paul gives us an idea of, of what this, this will look like, what this ministry will look like. So, so let's sort of uh, uh, look at him real quickly. Five things of, of what this is going to look like for all of us. The first thing that we're going to have to embrace is that we can't be fake. We can't be phony. We can't be pretend. We can't act holier than thou. We can't sit behind the church walls and act like we have it all figured out. Just can't do it. Because it won't impact the world at all. It doesn't impact the world. We've already tried that. The church has tried that. And it's, it's been horribly unsuccessful. And, and so we have to be real. We have to be real with one another. We have to be real in our, our relationships with, with people. We... People have to know we don't have it all figured out, uh, you know, in life yet. We, we know the truth, and the truth is setting us free, but we've all got some work to do. We still mess up. We still make mistakes, but we have one who forgives us and who encourages us to do better. And, and we have to live this thing out in front of people in a real way. We will not impact the world by being phony. And so we, we get back again to one of the things we've talked about now for months is we have to live this thing out by doing the next right thing. And that has to be what we, what we strive for. Each day doing the next right thing. And then doing the next right thing. Because that's where we find the will of God. And, and when we mess up, which we all will, we stop. We go to the Father. We ask for forgiveness. And we ask Him to help us do the next right thing. And we start right back again. And we do the next right thing, and we do the next right thing. And we do this in as real and transparent a way as we possibly can. Because that's what people need to see. They don't need to see a fake, stiff religion. 
They need to see a, a, a live, fluid relationship with a living God who cares about us and who wants the very best for us. And that it's not, a, you can't reduce it to a bunch of rules and regulations. That it's a, it's a live flow with the Spirit of God uh, and learning about grace and, 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 and life in the process and, and living in, in a way that pleases Him instead of a way that just pleases us, which is really what it's all about, and finding that balance. So, so that's where it starts. We can't be fake. Secondly, uh, for this ministry of encouragement, you're going to have to get ready for some hard work. You're going to have to get ready for some hard work. Oh, I never read that verse, did I? Sorry. That verse from about the first one, don't be fake, Romans 12, 9, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Love must be sincere. We have to be sincere. Or it won't work. Number, number two, get ready for hard work. Romans 12:11 says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. In this ministry of encouragement, you will be asked to step out of your comfort zones. Because you, you don't do any good in your comfort zones. That's, that's, they're, they're comfortable. And, and, there's, it's not, it's okay to go into your comfort zone for a little break. But you can't stay there all the time. Sometimes you'll have to get outside of, of that thing we would call our comfort zone. We're going to have to roll up our sleeves and get plugged in. And, and it's going to be hard work. There'll be times when we won't feel like doing it. But it's still going to be the right thing to do. And we'll have to press on and move into it and embrace it. Because it's what God wants. And it's where we find life. And the third part goes with, this, with the second one. We're going to have to take the initiative. In lots of ways. Romans 12, 13 says, Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Um, you're going to have to ask God to give you His eyes to see the people around you. The situations around you. And, and you, you're not going to be able to find life by not tuning into it. You need to see. You need to, you need to ask God to let you see what you can do to encourage people. And I promise you, if you ask Him, He will show you. And you will see places and, and ways to encourage that you couldn't even imagine. Because he will just open up to him. Because it's the heart of God for people to be encouraged to come to know him. And, and he's just looking for people that are going to do it. But we have gotten sort of these blinders in place because of the fear that's everywhere. And the discouragement so we can't see it because we can't get involved. Ask God to help you to see. And be willing to get involved where you can. And, and he'll meet you there. So we have to take the initiative. Look around, see where the needs are, and then refer back to point number two. Get ready for hard work. It's just part of the process. Point number four. We need to practice selflessness. We need to practice selflessness. This is a biggie. And, and just in talking about this, preparing for this, thinking about this... Um, at least in my life. This is, is something that I have to think about all the time because and oftentimes in situations, my first thing is how it impacts me. And that shouldn't be my first response because it's, it's not about me. It's way bigger than me. And yet we are sort of by nature drawn there because we're, we are naturally selfish. 
We are supernaturally made selfless. But we have to cooperate with the Spirit in the process to learn it. And we have to know and realize every time that we're being selfish that we need to make some changes. And, and I put practice in there on purpose. You need to practice it. It just doesn't happen. You've got you to practice it to get better at it. You, you've got to practice selflessness. Romans 12, 14 and 15. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. That's a, that's a toughie. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. See, it's been a while since I told this story. Should I tell the story, Doug, about how I learned about blessing and not cursing? No? Okay. Well, now they all want to know. Huh? I'm going for it. I've got your advice. So your, your, your advice is noted. I don't have to do it again tomorrow. Okay. I just turned 50. When I was 30, I turned 30. And, and right after I turned 30, the church got broken into here. And it was a senseless break-in, and they did a lot of vandalism and they stole a lot of sound equipment, and it was very frustrating. And, and I was not pleased. <laughs> and I had been reading in the Old Testament about the Philistines who had grabbed a hold of the Ark of the Covenant and were hanging on to it. And um, the Lord, in uh, retrieving the Ark for Israel, smote the Philistines with roids. Which, when you look at it, means they, they all got hemorrhoids. And they quickly moved the ark back to Israel. Because <laughs> they didn't want that. So I had just read that, and I'm 30 years old, and I'm, a, I'm a, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, anyway. Um, I, I, this has happened, and I, I, honest, I actually got before God, and I said, Lord, whoever did this, just curse them with hemorrhoids. That's what I said. Okay, so uh, I'm 30. I go to bed that night. Everything is good. I wake up in the morning, and I have a very big problem. <laughs> and I'm completely freaked out because I've never experienced this problem before. I don't even know what it is. I know it's not okay. So, yes, you know what happened. And you think, why would that happen? This was my encounter with the Lord. The next day, the impression from the Lord was, Steve, I called you to bless, not to curse. Don't do it. And I said, yes, Lord. <laughs> and I immediately prayed for all those who had done it, that God would bless them, and that everything they got would somehow impact their lives for Him. And I learned a, a very valuable lesson. <laughs> and so... Um, it's, it's easy, though, when things are happening, to get so focused by your life that you don't realize that God can do a whole lot of other stuff. And so, unless we're selfless, we take it as very personal, and we, we're not able to bless then, which is what we're called to do. Uh, in the midst of those things, that's what, what needed to happen, was to pray for those people uh, who had done this thing, um, because they needed to be prayed for. And... You know, God's got more stuff. 
So, uh, but it's, it's maintaining that attitude that is some really, really important to us. So we have to get the focus off of us, and, uh, and, and that's where we find life. We never find life in the midst of that selfish bubble that's, that's primarily fear-motivated. We can't do it. Number five, we need to be humble. Be humble. Romans 12, 15, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. This ties in with selflessness. Our pride gets us in so much trouble. Um, my pride gets me in so much trouble. Uh, I can't tell you how many times my pride has caused me to do the exact opposite thing of what needed to be done. And all I can tell you is that, that my struggle is to wait before I react. And that that serves me well. Because when I react, my pride is almost always involved if I do it quick. And what I want to do is almost never what needs to be done. And I don't know if any of you are like that. That's me. So over time, I've had to learn that, that when I'm selfish, when something happens that I, it impacts me, my initial reaction is usually not correct. Because I want to pop out in my selfishness and get very proud and, and it's not where God is. And the only thing I can say that, that getting older has helped me with is it's taught me to not open my mouth. Sometimes, I'm not perfect yet, <laughs> but sometimes I don't do something. And it just happened, I, I won't get into the incident, but, but I, something happened and my initial reaction I knew wasn't correct and I waited two weeks. I had time. I waited two weeks to respond, and then I was able to respond appropriately. And, and I really felt like that was much better. Now, even in, in dealing with that situation, I feel myself sometimes getting selfish, and I have to go, wait, wait, it's not about me. All I need is God's picture, and he can use this thing in so many ways. And, and I want him to be able to use it. Every situation, even the bad ones, God can reuse them. And I have to, if I can hold on to that thought, then it doesn't have to be all about me and my selfishness and about what's not going my way right at that moment. So it's bigger than that. See, these are the characteristics that Paul describes that we're going to need to embrace if we're going to be encouragers. These are the things that we're going to have to, to walk into. We're not going to be able to be phony and pull this off. There's some hard work involved. It's, it's going to be difficult. I've already found that in embracing this, this encouragement thing, that it seems like the enemy has picked up some steam because he don't like it. So other stuff's coming up. It's okay. It's just going to be hard work. We just roll up our sleeves and push in and, and keep going. Um, we need to take the initiative. We need to look and, and, and open our eyes to see, and you will see it, and you can move into it. We, we, we you know, desperately need to practice selflessness and be humble because in... in all these things moving together, then we will be able to make a difference to impact the world for him, which is what it's all about. And ultimately where life is. I mean, I say that and I mean that. That's where this, this whole thing begins to make sense, is in, is in finding out what he wants and doing it. We'll never find it in trying to get all the stuff done that we want to do. We, we need to do what he wants. And then he tosses in a bunch of the stuff that you like, too. He's good that way. You, you know that about God? He's way better at the stuff that you like than you are. He just wants your focus on him, and then all that other stuff happens. He's, he's good. That verse, I put that verse up there in 1993. And, and 
for a while, it was in everything that I said or did. And, and finally, I said, put a sign up there so I can quit saying it. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Still true today. Him first. Then he takes care of everything else. And that's where he wants us, and that's how we embrace his ministry and move into it. So be thinking about those things this week. Look at them. Keep this list. Ask God to help you to, to move into each one and to realize what that looks like. Ask God to honestly help you realize when you're being selfish. Let him, let him ask the Spirit of God just to let you know the moment you're doing it. Ask him to help you not immediately react to everything without praying about it first. To see how well you're doing with that. Maybe your reactions are always good. I don't know. Then go for it. That's not my case. <laughs> it's just not. Uh, so, so I'm still working on that. So I have to ask him to help me. Um, do your best to be real. And, and don't wear masks. Because they won't impact anyone. And, and get ready for some hard work. And, and get our eyes open. And I think we're going to see some really neat stuff happening in the weeks ahead. Amen? Amen. If you're watching my video, thanks for watching. And, uh, well, they screened that out fast. <laughs> I hope you turned it off. All right. I'm just going to pray. <laughs> Turn that recording off upstairs, please. Let's pray. Father, thank you.